0: This is In Touch, City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.
1: Good evening and welcome to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. It is the Rugby League Hour with myself, Laura Moss and Steve Manning. Between now and seven tonight, we'll be looking ahead to the playoffs and this week it really is do or die. It's Huddersfield versus Hull FC tonight at the John Smith Stadium as the Giants get a second chance to reach the semi-finals. Tomorrow night, St Helens travel over to Headingley to face Leeds Rhinos who've defeated them three times in grand finals over the last five years. We'll hear from Saints coach Nathan Brown.
2: Playing Leeds is a- and uh, headingly on any day is a big game in you know, a knockout semi-finals is even bigger and yeah, you know, we're going to go there with, with plenty of confidence I think if we play well and do things that, that work for us well we'll give ourselves
3: a good shot
1: Lance Ohaya says the team's feeling confidence, and also speaks to us about his own form over recent weeks
3: At the moment I'm feeling good physically uh, John and I are working together and We've got a good partnership going, and hopefully, um, you know, that can get us over the line.
1: Wiggins' Blake Green reflects on their decisive win over Huddersfield that earned them some time off. Probably haven't been in the best of form over the last month,
4: and you know, big performance at Wembley, and probably took us a couple of weeks to get over that. So, uh, yeah, really proud of the boys today.
1: And Warrington coach Tony Smith says they're looking forward to a week of fine-tuning some things. We'll have a
5: day or so off uh, in the throughout the week, just like we normally do, but uh, do some hard training, keep our skills honed up. It's pretty much. You know, down to the hard work uh, that's got us here, that'll continue for an- uh, hopefully for another few weeks.
1: We'll also hear from Stefan Ratchford as well. Also tonight in the studio, Steve and I are joined by a very special guest, the owner of Salford Red Devils, Dr Marwan Kukash. Salford making all the headlines for what's to come next season and you can put your questions to him tonight. Just get in touch with us on Twitter. You can find us at CityTalk1059 or use the hashtag InTouchTalk. We'll also be joined on the line shortly by former witness Wigan and Humberside star Sean Briscoe after he announced he's hanging up his boots. So So plenty to get through over the next 60 minutes. Before we come on to it all, though, let's take a look back on what happened last week as another two clubs had their seasons ended and their hearts broken. Here's Steve Hothersall.
0: kicking off the action on Thursday night Wigan Warriors pulled off a bit of a surprise a 22-8 victory over Huddersfield the Giants starting well with Danny Bruff's opening try but Sean Wayne's side proving too strong Josh Charnley crossed twice to reach a career landmark his 40th and 41st tries in one season becoming the first player to reach that landmark in the modern Super League era Huddersfield get another chance though and face Hull FC tonight Peter Gentle's side ended the Catalan's dreams they came from 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 behind at the KC Stadium to knock the Dragons out 14-4. It was a game that finally saw the curtain come down on Steve Menzies' career too, who's retired at the age of 39. On Saturday, St Helens ran riot at Langtree Park and demolished Hull KR, 46 points to 10, with Adam Swift scoring a hat-trick. While Warrington also came from behind to defeat reigning champions Leeds Rhinos at the Halliwell Jones 40-20 in a game that saw Ben Westwood cross three times. Wigan and Wolves now get a week off, while Leeds have another chance against Saints tomorrow.
1: Thanks, Steve. So uh, good evening to my co-host Steve Manning and to our studio guest this evening. He's the most talked about man in rugby league this season. He's transforming the sport going for Northwest Sporting Domination with some truly incredible plans for the future. It is, of course, the owner of the Salford Red Devils, Dr. Marwan Kukash. Good evening.
6: Good evening to you.
1: A uh, Pleasure to have you here with us tonight. And evening, Mr. Manning.
6: Good, Good evening, man. Lauren.
1: <laughs> so um, just to get started, what do we refer to you as? Do we call you Doctor? Do we call you Mr? Or do we call you Marwan?
6: Marwan or the Mad Doctor. The
1: Mad Doctor. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Either
6: one will do. So, My wife calls me other <laughs> names. But they, oh, really? To,
1: um, <laughs> Maybe we should leave that there. Yeah. Um. It's been an incredible year for you. I mean, especially what the last six months, you you take taking charge of Salford as they, as they were with their huge financial issues and saving them really from the brink Mm -hmm. there, reshaping the coaching staff, the backroom team and the 12, the raft of 12 players that you've announced for next season, like Gareth Hock, Rangi Chase and so on. Yeah. How did it all come about? I mean, just take us back to to the start of the rugby league interest.
6: Well, I, I was minding my own business on a flight to Dubai and, uh, I happened to sit next to a uh, larger-than-life character in the name of Nigel Wood, and all the way uh, on the flight to Dubai, telling me about rugby. Rugby league for me, or rugby in general, uh, is a game that's played with a funny shape ball. But uh, afterwards, after you know, became friends, he invited me to a rugby game, and I, I really enjoyed it, uh, to the point where I said to him, and looking at the game, I knew there's, there's, there's a huge potential, the game. Uh, you know, the it's one of those British games that's still unexposed commercially and a lot can be done within the game. So I said to him, if there's ever an opportunity uh, to get involved in the game, to let me know. And obviously, um, the back end of last year, or early this year, um, he told me about Salford being the Super League, etc. Uh, so I took the club over, but I didn't realize how bad they were. Um, I mean, the team was... Very bad, the club was very bad and I think I went on record sometimes in shortly after the takeover and I said the club stinks and um, a lot needs to be changed and as a result I, like you said earlier, I made a host of changes from the top all the way down to the players, I replaced the CEO, replaced the coaches, um, you know, we departed with some of the players during the season some we didn't renew, and um, the hardest one was uh, convincing the quality players that we really wanted. Some of the names you've mentioned there, like the Rangi Chase, Gaz Hawk, etc. You know, contacting them and saying, Would you come and play for us? Yeah,
1: what did you say to them? The likes of Adrian Morley, Francis Melly, Rangi Chase, Gareth Hawk. I mean, what can you tell us about how those conversations went?
6: Weird, really, because, um, you know, in, I mean, the first um, when I went you know, sometimes in February, March, when we made uh, the first uh, few uh, announcements that we have approached these players, everybody laughed at us. And I guess the players themselves laughed at us. And I thought I really needed to have a face to face meeting with these guys and to convince them of my ambitions and my plans for the team. And it became a little bit easier. So eventually I had, you know, like three, four players that I'm talking to and they're not convinced whether they're going to come over or not. But those three, four players got together and said, well, let's do it. Was it a you bit know? like
1: Bob Gel- Geldof organising Live Aid, saying <laughs> no, so and so is getting yeah. involved? And, uh, why don't you uh, get involved? That,
6: that's how it happened, <laughs> right? And um, I remember, for example, the likes of Frankie Chase, you know, calling uh, uh, um, Franz, many, and you know, uh, Tony and Adrian Molly, uh, Molly saying to them, are you, joy- are, are you serious about going to Salford? And when he heard the word yes, then he came along.
1: Wow! And
6: I suppose, as much as anything, you know, you said you dealt with the players face to
7: face, because yes. obviously, even in rugby league, we have agents. So, was it the players that you specifically spoke? Because you know what agents—well, you probably know what agents are like anyway, Mark. Well,
6: I've 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 hardly dealt with any agents. I I really needed to do, um, be able to deal with the the players themselves. And I needed to be convinced as well, not just because they have the ability, but, they, you know, they share in my ambitions and they believe in the vision that I have for the club. And, you know, everybody that we have signed, I mean, don't listen to stories that they, they came for the money. They didn't. They came because they like the challenge. You know, the, the rugby league in general is stagnant, you know, nothing is happening. And all of a sudden, you know, hey, hey, there's there's a club that makes it, making all the noises. and. All of a sudden, everybody wants to be part of it. I mean, nowadays, we're getting accused of approaching players illegally. The reality is we created an atmosphere within Salford that every big player, whether within the Super League or within Anaral, that wants to be part of it. In actual fact, I was speaking to one of my contacts in Australia, and he said to me, the Super League doesn't make... Much news, you know, doesn't, you know, they don't follow it over there. But on that Thursday, the 5th of September, there was a lot of coverage in Super League. And that is helping my cause for the future as well. You know, because all of a sudden, you know, there, you know the word is out there as well as in here. In People in are England, talking about Super talking League. Talking about Super League and talking about Salford. And what could be done within the game, and that's making life a lot easier for me to attract players.
1: And there's no doubting the the interest that you you've attracted. And you mentioned you that there's been some negative, but people will say you know how players were approached or whatever, which you you've defended them. But I think probably a lot of people are wondering how is he doing it, getting all, getting all these players together, I and mean, we we do have confines to, to fit into in Super League. I mean, it, 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 you know, financial restraints and salary caps and so on. It was oh, pro- bit I way. thought you
6: promised me never to mention that word again. <laughs> 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 salary caps, oh my God, it, it, something has to disappear, right? But I promise everybody involved that I'm within the salary cap. In actual fact, I still have a lot of money to spend within the cap and I don't want anybody to be surprised that if we go out and bring in two, three more high-profile players.
1: So you got 12, another two could come in before well, next season. Well, two or three
6: could come in before next season and that will make us a real force In the Super League, and in how, in relate, oh, Sorry,
7: in ahead. relation to obviously that the signings and obviously I think you said it uh, two weeks ago. The fact that uh, you know there are other signings on the way, if you want to use them, are there any players that you've approached that didn't buy into the dream? I mean, I, I know you, we don't want you to name them, so that you were disappointed that you thought, well, I'd, if I could get him,
6: or no, no, not really. Look, I mean, we've been linked with high-profile names uh, here in Super League, and you know, I promised. You know, I'm sure you, you could guess who that is. And in, in the of the likes of Sonny Bill-Williams, etc. And no one has turned... That's why I'm saying to you, that's why I said earlier, basically we could convince anybody to come over because of the atmosphere we created. The only constraints I have now is that terrible word you've just mentioned before, the salary cap. And the sooner we get rid of it, the better for the game.
1: About that, I mean, other clubs will say... That will create too big a void in some clubs that are already struggling. That we see. I mean, we can mention how will they cope?
6: That's rubbish. That's total rubbish. That's a defeatist view, right? And the sport deserves a lot better than, uh, you know, those people who are running it. I'm not sorry. I'm not meaning that. (laughs) That's all right. But when you look at
1: marketing, like what what you've done,
6: can I just explain something? Right, we look at look at football as an example. Football or in the league here we used to be the hunted right italian teams came over spanish teams came over and took our best talent now you're looking at what's happening in super league we bring in the best talent from overseas to here right now that's because super league or sorry not super league the football uh, the premier league whatever reinvented itself and not everybody in the sport can afford the kind of money Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea mm. spends, but it has benefit on all the other smaller clubs, because whatever Chelsea, Liverpool, etc. bring into the game, right, it raises the it, it raises the profile of the game, more TV money coming in that everybody shares the benefits of. So when people say to me, "Hang on, it's going like what you said before." Yeah, it might do. It might make some clubs bigger than the others, but financially, it will help every club. Now, had we been allowed to bring in the people like Sonny Bill Williams or Slater, etc. If I take my team and go to Wakefield, that's going to put two, three thousand people on their gate. Surely that's beneficial to them. But more importantly, when the next con- TV contract is to be discussed. Or negotiated, surely we could demand a much higher return from that.
1: Where do you go forward with these ideas? I mean, have you presented them to the RFL? What's been uh, some of the response that you've received and feedback from other clubs? Well, uh,
6: you know, uh, again, I mean, because I didn't have the—I don't know the people individually to understand uh, the best way of presenting my information to them. But I'm getting to know them now and. Uh, It wasn't going to happen overnight, but I'm absolutely convinced changes and positive changes will start taking place in the Super League.
1: Watch the space.
6: Absolutely. And don't doubt it.
1: (laughs) we will talk a little bit more about that and as well your views of Salford as a whole and Super League as a whole, but let's turn our attention to the playoffs as well. We've got uh, Salford unfortunately out of the competition this year, but one side you want is Wigan. They've uh, earned their right to a week off this week following their win over Huddersfield last week. Steve uh, Steve was (coughs) on the money that time, I wasn't. Uh, Blake Green, who's forged uh, a growing, incredible partnership with Matty Smith and Huddersfield's Danny Brough spoke about it after the game.
4: Yeah, you know, got to give a big rap to our forwards. I thought our middle was outstanding today and... Probably haven't been in the best of form over the last month, and we had a you know big performance at Wembley, and probably took us a couple of weeks to get over that. So, uh, yeah, really proud of the boys today.
8: A lot of people at the start of the season said that Blake Green and uh, Matty Smith wouldn't replace Luluai and Finch. Have you answered a few critics and questions tonight? Do you think?
4: Oh, I don't know if we've answered them yet. I suppose unless we win, unless we win the league, I don't think, I think people are still going to criticise us. So, um, yeah, we had some big boots to fill, but you know we've got to just write our own, our own history at the club and, and, and do as best we can. We keep working hard with, with guys like Deeks and yesterday and Wainey, um, You know we're learning so much, and uh, things are going well at the moment.
8: Yeah, it's real disappointing. Obviously we started well, and we got a lot of dropouts, repeat sets, but we didn't capitalise on that. Whereas Wigan got their repeat sets, and you know scored a couple of tries. And there's a lot we've to fix up because it's not really good enough for playoff rugby. You're not out of it though. The, by finishing top, you've given yourself a second chance, and the second chance here at the John Smiths. Yeah, that's right. You know we've got a knuckle down, and you know bite the bullet and dig in for next week because, yeah, we. Uh, all of us have got to put a bit right next week, and you know, hopefully, we can do that.
1: Well, speaking of Danny Bruff, there, he's on the Man of Steel shortlist announced today, along with Jamie Peacock and Sean O'Loughlin. Steve, what are your, your thoughts on that Man of Steel shortlist?
7: I think it's a very good uh, shortlist. Um, the Man of Steel from years ago it used to go to the forwards, you know, the players that do the dirty work, and oh, wow. uh, over the over the last few years, it's changed, and you know, the backs have got it, and you know the. I'm sure you'll appreciate, Marvin, the backs take all the glory. It's the forwards that do all the hard work. But uh, this time, what they've done, they've got two forwards in there and they've got Danny Brough. Now, if I'm going to contradict myself here, I think the guy that deserves it... He's, in my opinion, is Danny Brough, for the simple fact he's captain that side. He's taken Huddersfield Giants to the sort of heights that uh, you want to take Salford City, sorry, Salford Red Devils to. Red
8: Devils, mm-hmm. Red mm-hmm. Devils
7: it's, it, I'm getting used to it. But that's the sort of heights that you want to do. And for somebody to do that, and a coach in his first season, is fantastic. Jamie Peacock's won it before. Sean O'Loughlin's a great player, but I think it's a standout. He's a standout guy for it. And they've changed it. It's not just the players that are voting for it. There's now like some sort of a committee. And I've no idea who's on that committee. We're we going to make the decision, which whether it'll be the right one or not, I don't know. But uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, contenders. no, I agree
6: with you. And I, I, you know, if it's up to me, I would go for Danny, definitely. But I would have liked to have seen the name of Rangi Chase there as well.
1: Indeed. But Rangi, <laughs> but
6: yeah,
7: but but Rangi won it last. I think he won it last year or the year before, didn't he?
6: Yeah, that doesn't stop him. Being, shouldn't be stop him being. <laughs> oh no, 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 there. no, no. no, no.
1: But uh, yeah, Jamie Peacock won it uh, 10 years ago. For, so yeah. for him to be back in the shortlist now, 10 years later at uh, at 35 as well. Uh, incredible feat for him. Well, let us know your thoughts on the Man of Steel, Charlotte. You can get in touch with us tonight on Twitter, and indeed about anything we're talking about, use the hashtag #InTouchTalk. You can find us at CityTalk 105.9. You can put your questions to Dr. Kukash as well, Marwan. I'm sure he'll be happy to field them. Uh, we're going to take a short break now, but so uh, join us again afterwards, and we'll be joined on the line by uh, Sean Briscoe.
0: In touch, City Talk, Rugby League Lowdown, City Talk 105.9.
1: Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. It's the Rugby League Hour between now and 7 tonight. I'm Laura Moss. Steve Mannings here, as is Salford Red Devils owner, Dr. Marwan Kukash, with us till 7 tonight. Get in touch with us if you've got any questions for the doctor, the mad doctor, as he called himself earlier. You can find us on Twitter tonight. Just uh, find us at the... City Talk 1059 I use the hashtag in such talk Before the break, I asked you what you thought about the Super League Man of Steel. Um, Mark has been in touch, saying, Josh Chanley scored a phenomenal amount of tries this year. His 41st, actually, uh, last Thursday, and has been superb for Wigan Warriors. Surely he's worth a shout. And uh, that call has been echoed as well by Graham, but he says the winner has to be Jamie Peacock. And I'm a Wigan fan. Disappointed Josh Chanley isn't on the list. So uh, keep your thoughts coming in uh, just to talk a little bit more about the playoffs now let's turn our attention to St Helens they're in action against a Leeds Rhinos tomorrow and of course the Rhinos have beaten Saints three times in Grand Finals over the last five years and the current champions as well obviously um, they've won after finishing fifth for the last two years running a spot Saints now occupy so how will that affect things could it be the lucky number well Steve asked Nathan Brown about that and how impressed he was with his size demolition of Hull KR last week
2: yeah it was a terrific result um you know, coming into the game, you know, Hull KR obviously beat us on a number of occasions this year, and they'd actually beat every side in the top eight this year. So, you know, it highlighted you know how they have developed as a club, and obviously had their injury concerns this year themselves. And you know, they're a tough side to beat from an attacking point of view. They're one of the more threatening sides in the competition. So, you know, to get the result we did, I, you know, I was I was proud of the guys. I was, Happy for him and wrapped for the fans too to see the style of play that we played. But if you had have said to me at the start of the day, you're, you're going to just tough out a real close victory, that's the result I would have thought would have come out of it.
7: I suppose when you get a win like that and you've won seven from eight, I suppose all the players that have played at weekend will be chomping for the bit for another opportunity at Leeds Reynolds, which is a crunch game for you.
2: Yeah, look, playing Leeds at, at uh, Headingley on any day is a big game. in a knockout semi finals, even bigger, and you know, we're going to go there with, with plenty of confidence a lot of respect for the team we're playing and we've been a a wonderful side for a long period but we can go there with confidence and think if we play well and do things that that work for us well we'll give ourselves a good shot Obviously you've
7: finished in what now becomes like that seminal fifth spot these Rhinos have become champions twice in that spot what Rhinos are you expecting on Friday the one that went down to Warrington or the one that put out that gritty win against Stirlwick and Warriors the previous week
2: Look, you look at the game on the weekend and you know at 12-10 you know, Warrington got a, a good call and uh or well, a fifty fifty call I call it. Was it a try not a try, I don't know, you know. Um and they're big in those games, you know? they got a couple of tries from kicks, well executed tries. Um, so sometimes, you know, I know Leeds wouldn't be happy with how they played, but, you know, Warrington not so long ago, in a short window of period, did a similar thing to us in a short yeah. period, you know. You know, we fought back really well in that game, you know, and really played tough for the last 60 minutes but if you're just a fraction off you don't need to be very far off we actually played very well for 65 minutes against against Warrington but they just jumped us in a short period and you know it's- Similar the other day to Leeds, you know, they, they had a little little window of period where they were just a bit too good for Leeds and I don't think Leeds were miles away from being a good side the other day, they just probably got a little short period where they weren't as good as they'd like to be and I'm sure they'll come out this week and, you know, look, to, to beat Leeds, if we're going to need to play well and, you know, we've been playing some good footy so we'll go there with confidence and I'm sure Leeds are very, you know, respecting the side that's going there. Well, with the
7: adversity that you've had at the beginning of the season and where you are now, is this the strongest side that you could put out or is this what would you call your first joy 17?
2: Um, I'm not sure if it's our strongest you now we've got a number of guys that yeah sort of been ruled out long term which you know Josh Perry and Mark Flanagan and Gary Wheeler and A. Gardner and Mark Purcell there's numbers of guys there that would they be in the team wouldn't they be in the team I can't really tell you because a lot of them are playing earlier in the year when lots of other people are out so we never really got to see it. but all we know is is that the team that yeah, you know, the 17, 18, 19 players that have been playing for the last sort of eight or ten weeks is doing a great job for us, and and are a, a squad of nineteen or so players that whoever plays, yeah, you know, we're all very confident they can do they can do well and get the business done.
7: Winning's a great job, it's and like I say, you put this run together when it matters as well. Go with it, go with it. You must be full. all right. to a reverse look against Warrington, but it must be going full of confidence.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, there's
7: was a little short period against Warrington where
2: they were f- far better than us, but. You know, to quote their coach, you know, we made it very, very tough for the last, last sort of 50, 60 minutes of that game, and we got back to 22-16, and you know, created one or two half chances, and weren't quite good enough, and you know, it probably sums up where we were then as a team and where Warrington were, and that's why our positions on the ladder suggested that. But you know, we've continued to improve since then. Uh, we brought Robes back in, and you know, I think it was a really a great game for us that game, a really good gauge of you know of when we're actually physically up and right on is that. You know, we can can do well and. Yeah, this week will be, a, it'll be a, a, a tough challenge, but a great challenge.
1: Saints coach Nathan Brown there. Brown only making one change for tomorrow night's game with Joe Greenwood coming in for Anthony Walker. We'll hear from Lance Ho-Hyatt shortly. But for now, let's get our next guest on the line. Sean Briscoe joins us now. Re- announced his retirement this week. Sean, good evening. How are you? How did all this come about?
8: Good evening. Good um... evening.
1: I know you've you've been struggling with your, with your knee recently. Is it, was that sort of like the tipping point for you? Um,
8: no, no. Well, yeah, no. Um, obviously, these these last eighteen, twenty-four months have been uh, not been the greatest obviously, with injuries and not playing much. So uh, it's it's probably taking its toll on me more mentally than anything else. Yeah, the the injuries played a little bit of a part, but um, I still feel as though my body's physically able to to go around again. But I just felt that the time was right to. Um, call it a day and, and spend a little bit more time with the kids.
1: Because it's a massive decision for yourself, both professionally and you know for your family as well, and your and your your family life and your personal life, isn't it?
8: Yeah, they, they've obviously they've sacrificed a lot um, throughout the years to to help me achieve what I've achieved, and obviously I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And obviously with this, it, it does give me a, a chance to spend more time with them and uh, and do more family things. So when you, when you're playing, you, you don't know where. Uh, where you're going to be What one minute to the next with, with training schedules and also the way games change. And so you can't really plan anything in, ad, in, a, in advance. So it's, it just gives me a chance to, um, like I said, plan things with them and, and really dedicate some time to them.
6: Sean. Hello. Hi, it's Marwan. How are you, mate? Marwan, I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Uh, not bad. I was looking forward. I uh, was told that you were going to be here and I was looking forward to meeting you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he let let
1: Uh, us down. He had an important business meeting.
6: Oh, never mind. Next time. How's things, mate?
8: Yeah, good, thank you. As I said, just... uh just looking for a job at the minute. I'll uh, oh, Give us
1: a
6: call. A couple, oh. couple, couple of interviews and that. So, no, uh, no you'll, have to, you'll have to give me a call then, mate. Right, we will do. Yeah, no yeah come on, we're not, um, we're not no, connections no, here. I'm, I'm
8: a little bit, big, <laughs> little bit big for a jockey, so I think... No, 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 I
6: wasn't thinking as a...
1: That's a good point though, Sean. What is what is next for you now? I read your statements this week. You've said you know that it's time for the next chapter in the game. What What is that?
8: Um, hopefully I, I'd love to get involved with coaching um, especially the youth sides um obviously with with my experience and my, uh, my knowledge of the game I feel as though I could really put something back into it and and help some of the youngsters out um, whether it be a mentoring role or coaching role I, i'm not sure at the minute but um, I do feel as though um, not that I owe the game but I feel as though I could really help um, people develop and uh, and learn from from what i've done and uh, from what um, other people have taught me, so that would be something. That would be a dream job to to go into something like that and and help people out. But you never know what's around the corner with uh, with opportunities.
6: Sean, I've we've never met before, mate, but uh, I've heard so many good things about you, uh, and it would be a shame if uh, the sport loses you. And I hope uh, you, you you know you'll get a suitable position in, uh, and the rugby league can retain people like yourself.
8: No, worries. thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um,
1: I'll yeah. pass on your number afterwards. It'll be all right, Sean. Be great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah,
8: thank you. Uh, no, we, d- we did meet once. Um, see, you did won't uh, um, i you send you your number. Haydock races. All right. I okay. did have a, a share in a race off, and it was running in uh-huh. uh, in one of the same races as yours. And did uh, we beat you? Yeah, well, I finished last, so everyone beat me. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Marwan, you've spoken about how important it is for all Northwest clubs to to grow and become strong, not just like well, Wigan, the Saints, yeah, yeah. the Warringtons, and your yeah. own club as well, but Witness as well. Obviously, Sean, you spent almost two years at Witness. How do you see them, Sean, improving after their their time back in the top flight when they won the license back?
8: I think the idea for uh, the most important for the thing for Witness is the, is the stability. Uh, they're trying to build a, a side around two very good halfbacks in Kevin Brown and Joe Meller. And obviously they've got the this, this strike weapons of uh, Reece Ambry out the back. And they have got a decent pack. So uh, if they can keep the nucleus of the side together and obviously John Clark's leadership skills and the way he, he can help bring on the youngsters there, then obviously I, I think step by step that they are going to slowly get there. And it, it's not going to happen overnight. I think everyone realises that with Super League teams. It, it, it is a building process and you've got to have the right people in place and you, you've got to do it step by step. So I think they are going in the right direction.
6: Sean, I bought out a tweet saying that if uh, witness continue uh, to progress uh, the way they have over the last 12 months, I could see them and Salford being in, uh, in the top eight very shortly. I'd, I tell you who didn't take kindly to that two of your ex-clubs or fans <laughs> of two, of your two ex- ex-clubs, ex-clubs, the Hull people. Yeah and did they it, said uh, there's no chance, and I had um, that um, witness and Salford could ever. Finish higher than Halkear and Hull.
8: Yeah, they don't take too kindly to things like that. I'm afraid, but uh, <laughs> no. The, 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 I think I think the thing with the Hull fans is that they're really passionate and they they really strong beliefs about their club and, and things that they can achieve. And I, I think that's that is a good thing. I'm, I'm not saying that it's right to, to to criticize your comments because obviously that's what you, that's what you believe in. They've got their beliefs, but I I I, I do agree that. Um, with the way I, Salford and Winnipeg are progressing, then yeah, that, that I, top eight next year, it, it
6: could be anyone. Exactly. And I really see a big momentum. I mean, I've, it would be great for the three Northwest teams to finish in uh, or end up being in the semi finals. But um, financially and maybe playing wise, uh, the Northwest all of a sudden has a stronger uh, nucleus of clubs and players. Than in uh, from Yorkshire, how do you agree? How do you see that?
8: Um, yeah, well, obviously, if you if you go off the number of clubs, then that's correct. Uh, I think the the development programs that they do have in place, uh, especially Wigan, Saint Helens, and Warrington, produce uh, quite a number of youngsters.
6: And soon, Salford to be. Uh, yeah,
8: soon to be Salford, um, uh-huh. and and that's what it's about. It's about producing them kids, and obviously on the other side of the coin, you have got the leads and. Whole academy systems that that do churn out player after player, so it is good for the game that there is that um, rivalry, in Lancashire and Yorkshire, and players just keep producing uh, all the teams
6: produce player after it? player,
8: and it, it is good for the for the growth of the game.
6: I, I know we, we're not going to start the War of Roses, is that what they call it? The War of the Roses. Uh, the War of the Roses. I know, I know you are in Leeds now. So, no, he, he's, not, you, he's in wa- not. He's not. Ah, he's right, in Warrington now, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought you were in Leeds. Oh, no, so, he had
1: a meeting over there. Let's right, just uh, talk okay. about all ah, your yeah. private life, Sean. <laughs>
6: <How you are>. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we might have had to be a little, uh, uh, polit- you know, politically, uh, not to speak uh, so much against uh, Yorkshire clubs, but... Uh, I don't oh, know. He's I, sitting I, on he's the still, fence. well I'm he's a, a Lancashire lad anyway, so <laughs> oh, you? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You.
7: Aren't you sure? Say that again, sorry. A born and it's Steve. A born and a born and bred Wiganer, aren't you? Certainly
8: am. Yeah, very proud of uh, where I come from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose where Salford are at the minute is, isn't that dissimilar to where Witness were a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, you've got a very different calibre of players that are si- have signed for Salford for next season to yes. so where Witness were a couple of years ago. Sure. W- but you're you're still looking at really effectively building a Super League team from scratch, which was where Witness were when you w- went on board a couple of years ago, isn't yeah. it, Sean? I mean, well, the- it's,
6: it's exactly the same. We fast-tracked it, you know, but, um, you know, I've seen Witness play when they played us in the last game and, you know, I've seen them early... In the season, there is a huge difference between the way they played and you could see progress being made there.
1: Realistically, I mean, I, I've heard, uh, Marwan, you say that, you know, you want Salford to be title contenders within like 2015. What are some of your ambitions for next season? I mean, we saw Witness almost making that top eight, just not quite hitting it. Where, where will Salford finish next season? Or
6: well, well, but the players we've already announced, I mean, we're talking about the likes, you know, players who could walk into any top eight team. If they gel together, there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the top eight. But I've always said there'll be two or three more players to come. And when we get them, and we've got many options, I think we'll be looking at fifth, sixth, and maybe top four. You never know. It depends how quickly the team gel together and play as a team. Because right now they are just individuals. Mm. and it's going to take time for them to play as a team
1: and that's something you can empathize with as well i'd imagine sean from a couple of years ago at witness when it was all very new and cutting teeth and getting back up into super league when you really there was only a few months wasn't there to get sorted
8: yeah there was it, it's happened twice my career after <coughs> when i was at when i was at whole um, they had that first season of survival and then the year after i think there was 13 new signings so it, it was a new team then and as you say the same thing happened at witness and I think most most players know each other before they even get together, but obviously you've got to get that cohesion amongst the lads and, and really get an in-depth knowledge of how each other plays. I think with, with somebody like Rangi Chase, and it, 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 I'm not saying it's going to be difficult. He's such an individual player, and he can he can do anything on the spur of the moment. So I think the lads have got to adjust to try well try and understand what he's going to do because I don't think sometimes he knows what he's going to do. But then you've got the likes of somebody like Gazok and who can run holes in, in any defence in the world, and he's, a, he's an outstanding talent when he's on his game. Um, then you, you look at the others, the experience that um, with and Morley, Francis Mellie. It, it is exciting times for Salford fans, and if they get behind the team, which I hope they do, uh, then I think we could really see Salford flourish.
1: We're going to see some big characters in that changing room as well.
6: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
8: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be an interesting <clears throat> one, uh, some of the conversations we got.
1: Well, best of luck for the future, Sean. Thanks for speaking to us tonight Thanks. on InTouch. And we'll catch up with you very soon. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on numbers and stuff afterwards.
8: <laughs> Cheers, Lauren. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, mate. Right. See <laughs> you soon, Al.
1: Cheers. Right, well, we're going to take another short break now on City Talk 105.9. But afterwards, we're going to break the... The mad doctors' brains about what's going on with Oldham Athletic and Oldham Ruffyards as well. And all these, those rumours circulating in the press, we'll also hear from Tony Smith and Lance O'Hire as well. In
0: Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9.
1: Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Lauren Moss. Steve Manning joins me too, as does the owner of Salford Red Devils, Dr. Marwan Kukash. Before the break, we spoke to Sean Briscoe on the news of his retirement this week. If you missed any of tonight's show, we'll be available to listen to again tomorrow online at citytalk.fm. Just mentioned the playoffs tonight, of course. It's not a, no small thing. Hull FC face Huddersfield Giants. Paul Anderson fielding an unchanged side. Peter Gentle making one change. Andy Lynch replacing Lee. At Kent's and the Black and Whites dumped Giants out of the playoffs last year, and actually have a better record against them as a whole. But Huddersfield have won their last four meetings against them at home. Uh, Steve, thoughts tonight? Who's going to come out on top?
7: I think it should be a cracking game. Um, I think the Huddersfield Giants will win. Hopefully, it's going to be dry, so we're going to see a little bit of skill on show at Huddersfield. But uh, obviously, they failed last week, and uh, I like Paul Anderson. He, he says what he thinks, sort of thing, and he's actually said like they were rubbish. And I think he was being polite and tactful as the doctor's been in here tonight. Uh, But I think that uh, the Giants will win it and uh, it'll set up an interesting scenario at club call because Warrington have got the pick. They've beaten Huddersfield three times this year. Will they pick the the side that finished top of the league?
1: Mm, Well, we don't really... I I think it would be... I say a shame, but that's a bit of a weak way of putting it. If you've got the side that's finishing top in Super League, not making the semi-finals or the grand final, we've seen it before with Warrington and so on. I think if you have a side that's been the most dominant throughout the competition, not making the semi-finals or the grand final, I just... I just don't agree with it personally, but Warrington, of course, will do the club call on Sunday after the semi-finals or the quarter-finals uh, completed. And uh, Warrington beat Leeds last weekend, uh, forty points to twenty. And coach Tony Smith had special praise for Benny Westwood, who scored a hat trick, and admits they had to really dig in at times.
5: Yeah, they were terrific. Uh, Really pleased. Uh, We had to put in a good performance. Um, You know, if you don't against Leeds, they hurt you. And uh, you know, we we knew that uh, they'd have their say at different stages. And they had a fair st- say in the first half. I thought Rob Burrow was really dangerous, and, and uh, they they thought they were, uh, you know, back in the game at different stages, and they very nearly could have been. Um, so we had to be right on our medal. Um, fortunately, we were. So, uh, yeah, really pleased. Overall, what do you think the difference was between yourselves and
4: Leeds
3: today?
5: Oh, I just think we controlled some of our field position. Um, our, we didn't turn over the ball too much. I thought our defence was outstanding. I thought theirs was pretty good too, but, uh, you know, I thought our defence was pretty rock solid and, uh, you know, so, yeah, all sorts of – there's a lot a Lot goes into, you know, winning a game of rugby league. I don't think – it's really hard to just put pinpoint it down to one – one aspect of your game I think you've got to have so many of it and particularly against a, um, a, a team like Leeds who are terrific in, in all sorts of areas they can score long distance tries as well as tries close to your line so you've got to be really rounded in all parts of your game otherwise they'll burn you 18-10 up at half time how crucial was it for you guys
4: to score first in that second half?
5: Uh, yeah, it was good <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say that it wasn't uh, you always want to be scoring and not letting the opposition but uh, I don't know I just had that feeling that you know whether we did or didn't score first I just thought there's a real determination there Um, although you know you're, you're right you know it could change the whole uh, complexity of the game and you know it could change momentum but uh, I just had the feeling today Um, our preparation has been terrific and you know the players have been ter- terrific off the field leading up to the game and then they just put it into action um, we went into camp last night and And, uh, you know, they just had a good good feel about things. Uh, So I wasn't surprised by the way the manner in which they went about their game today.
1: Tony Smith speaking to Adrian Jackson after their winch. Adrian Jackson, sorry there, Adrian, got your name wrong then <laughs> on uh, on uh, on Sunday. Uh, so Leeds will now face Saint Helen's tomorrow. It's their second chance. Um, we'll try and hear from uh, Lance Ohio in just a moment. But um, Saints Leeds tomorrow night. It's been the the match in, in the grand final for so many years recently. What are we thinking? Well. We know, for, for actually, despite you being a Wigan fan, you actually yeah. want St. Helens to win, but what, what no, are we, no, expecting? we don't, I
7: think we all know why I want St. Helens to win, but that's not the point. Um, I think at the moment, St. Helens are in a great run of form. Absolutely, w- yes. They've won seven out of, the, out of eight. They've only lost to Warrington Wolves and they've got a really good record at, um, at the Leeds Rhinos mm-hmm. uh, in Super. All right, not in grand finals. I think it'd be a fantastic game, but I think that Saints may just edge it because they've got all the players back. They've got the team, perhaps, that he wanted at the beginning of the
6: season. I fully agree with you. It won't surprise me uh, tomorrow when if Saints beats Leeds. Like you said, they, they've they been in, uh, in extremely, in a very, very good form. Seven out of the last eight. And yeah. improving all the time. And you always have to go with the form.
1: I think I'm going to be nearly having a heart attack watching it. I can't. don't think I can bear to watch tomorrow. I thought you were
6: <laughs> going to say, I'm going to check Leeds
1: then. Uh, no, 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 absolutely was... no chance. <laughs> um now, let's come on to this uh, elephant in the room here, Marwan. Uh, the links today and the, the speculation that you are on the brink of uh, purchasing, not just Salford, which you've, you've done this year, but Oldham, Rough Eds, and Oldham Athletic. Tell us, give us a lowdown, what's going on here?
6: Right, I need to clarify this. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, my wife is the one who's buying the uh, rugby. Okay. Um, and I'm acting purely uh, on a consultancy basis for her and advising her. And, yeah, we met up with the chairman uh, of the rugby league, of the club. and Chris uh, Hamilton. Chris Hamilton, exactly. And, and um, it's still at uh, early stages. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of work still needs to be done because at the end of the day, um, it, it's a project, not just taking over the two clubs, but also uh, delivering a stadium Uh, or what I call uh, a sports village. Um, You take the rugby there, you take the football, other badminton or netball and, you know, all the sports Mm. into the complex and you create a destination. So there's other involved parties in it as well, including the council. Um, So, but yeah, the initial um, uh, discussions we are having are very positive. It may take time, but hopefully it will happen.
1: And, of course, you're already well-known for the horse racing. Now you've got the Rugby League there with Salford, possibly with Oldham as well. What about these links with Oldham Athletic and Boundary Park as well? Is there any any truth in that?
6: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I met up with uh, Simon, the current owner of uh, the football club, a few months ago. There's a huge difference between his valuation of the club and mine. And and also, uh, uh, you know, again, I think... uh, uh, my intention would be, if uh, to take the club, if I take the club, is to move it to the new stadium, to share it with the uh, the rugby club,
1: with the Oldham Ruffians yes. rugby club, yeah. a, a move from Boundary Park.
6: Absolutely, yes.
1: Negotiations like this take a, a long time.
6: Yeah,
7: just in, in relation to obviously it's ongoing sort of thing, but obviously Alden roughsheds, as they are now, they're in second spot in the championship one. Yeah, and obviously they've got a chance of being promoted. Absolutely. But the, the problem they've got, I think, is uh, the it's the stadium. So stadium, yeah. You've got that dual, re- you know, you've got the dual registered link with the club, that partnership. Uh-huh. So could there be a situation where next season, so they fit the criteria that they could be playing at? Uh,
6: well, I, look, anything is possible, but really. Uh, I've always called myself a facilitator mm. and uh, you have to listen to the fans and the opinion of the fans. Yeah, it would be ideal case scenario uh, if, and I think they will get a promotion into the Championship. You need a better ground. The nearest better ground for them is Salford, but mm. whether the fans want to go there or not... I it's know, the distance, isn't it, really? It's the distance, but it's, I would never do anything against the fans. Well, you need the fans... Whether I'm at Salford or Oldham or anywhere else, you need the fans behind you, Mm. and you are just a facilitator. In some cases, yeah, you have to lead. You know, but uh, you know, I'd have to consult with the fans to see what they want. But you know, sooner than than later, uh, we need to start, um, you know, developing a stadium for the two teams and all them to play in.
1: Effectively, you're, what you're talking about is a, a sporting empire, really, isn't it? Along the M602 in Greater Manchester.
6: Yeah, it would be nice if I, I can get uh, that developed. You've also got, uh, which has not been talked about as a
7: lot, when you did the Redvolution two weeks ago. Yeah. The sure Devolution. The, uh, the Devolution. I'll get <laughs> devolution. it. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> about that, Marvin. I'll be, I'll be ready for next season. Uh-huh. But uh, that vision of how you see the complex that's going to be around the uh, Salford uh, yeah. Red Devils. I mean, hotels, but, parks, leisure parks, yeah. acti- activities. I,
6: I, look, I've always said rugby league, all right, it's commercial and exposed the sport, but it's not generating enough income to sustain its existence or to sustain you know, the level I, want, I would like to keep it at. So clubs have to start generating income from outside the sport. And it mustn't just be reliant on sponsorship they have to do work they have to own businesses develop land around them you know to create extra opportunities for income Right,
1: we right we're gonna to have to leave it there guys i'm afraid we're out of time it's almost a uh, seven o'clock five to seven here on city talk 105.9 marwan mad doctor thank you very much for joining us tonight we'll hope to speak to you very soon and your ideas and we'll be keeping a close eye on the situation with all them as well steve Thank you, as ever, for your time tonight. Join us again next week when we will be looking ahead to the semi-finals of Super League and taking a look back at this weekend's action as well. Of course, if you missed any of tonight's show, it will be available to download from tonight on citytalk.fm. Good night.
0: This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.
1: Hello again. Welcome to the Extra In Search podcast. We ran out of time on the show tonight, but I did promise you would be hearing from Saints' Lance O'Hire and Stefan Ratchford as well. Now, Lance O'Hire, of course, this season, he struggled with his injuries on and off, as have so many members of the Saints squad. But he says recently he feels he's getting back to the top of his game. He's looking forward to this Friday's trip to Leeds and he's getting a good partnership with John Wilkin at halfback as well. And he had special praise for Adam Swift. Who this week scored a hat trick of tries against Hull KR?
3: Yeah, he's doing really well. I think um, you know this year we uh, our, our depth was tested a lot through uh, injuries at the middle part of the year, and I thought um, you know a lot of guys have stood up and played really well. And, and Swifty in particular has done a great job, and uh, you know scoring tries left, right, and centre. So hopefully they can continue for us and you'll know, get over the whitewash a few more times, and uh, you know get us get us in a good position on the scoreboard.
7: So you finish the season the uh, so-called uh, fifth position, where were to win from. But uh, now this weekend, you've got to Leeds Rhinos who've won it twice from fifth position. You've played them before, albeit that you weren't here in grand finals and not done it. And now it's do or die.
3: Yeah, definitely. I think you know anything's possible at, at playoffs time. Uh, you turn up on the day, uh, you know, and you perform well, then then you're a chance. So you know we're we're training hard this week to make sure that everyone knows their roles uh, as best they can um, and I think confidence is pretty good in, in the camp at the moment uh, we've got no reason to go there and, and feel like we can put in a good performance and win and, and uh, that's exactly what we'll be doing.
7: And obviously you played them earlier in the season first of all down at Langtree when they did the business but so uh, you went up there and showed that uh, Headingley's not a, an impregnable thought by getting a great win coming from behind.
3: Yeah and I thought you know we probably weren't as playing as good a football uh, then as we are now so uh, we've got a few troops back on board since then um, but yeah it's, it's definitely a whole new ball game it's playoffs time and you know they've got some experienced guys who have been there and done it before in, in these big matches but like I said I've got confidence in, in the lads and, and I'm looking forward to the match and it's going to be uh, yeah, a close one but um, you know I think whoever wants it most will will, will take it out
7: um, We've talked about injuries during this season I think there must have been about 13 even 14 different combinations at 6 and 7 with injuries et cetera etc etc but com- coming into this winning run, you started uh, linking up a partnership with uh, John Wilkin, um, and it just it just seems to be working. I suppose it's the more games that play, the more you know what each individual's doing.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you know we definitely struggled a lot throughout the year with injuries, and uh, we missed Robes and Johnny for a long period there throughout the season, and even Sia, Um, You know, and it's hard to really get those combinations going. And you know, I had a few injuries myself at the start of the year, and, and even when I come back in, they we're affecting my performances a little bit uh, to a degree but at the moment I'm feeling good physically. Uh, John and I are working together and we've got a good partnership going and hopefully um, you know, that can get us over the line. So moving on then to
7: yourself obviously you're just coming up to the completion of your uh, second season at the Saints of a four year contract. A little bit up and down of perhaps the first season getting used to conditions. Uh, how's it going for you this second season as we approach the uh, business back end?
3: Yeah I mean obviously professional sports tough, tough game. Um, you know I've come from uh, the NRL and it's completely different competition and different culture and uh, different way of life as well. But yeah, I've, I feel like I've adapted off the field a lot more this year and uh, feel feel a lot more settled. Uh, I've had a few injuries this year. Probably haven't played as regular as I would have liked, and uh, you know a change of coaching staff as well and uh, a few things like that have, have uh, impacted on. Uh, parts of the team and, and myself as well but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to to, the, to what's ahead um, you know I've got a big game this weekend coming up um, you know and then I've got two years left here to really um, try and play some, some good rugby and improve each, each week and each year and uh, that's what I'm planning on doing
7: You've mentioned the change of coaches. It, it can't because obviously one coach contacts you, the club contacts you, and in you're told this is how you're going to play, this is how the side's going to play, and then another one comes obviously with Brownie. What different facets has Brownie brought to your game and, and the team?
3: Uh, I, I think he's, you know, like you he said, it's, it's never easy when, when coaches come and go and organisations change around, but um, uh, Brownie's brought a lot of structure to my game. I think um, you know, last year under Kieran and Rushi, we were sort of given a bit of a free reign. Um, and it's not to say that you know one's right and one's wrong. It's just uh, different styles of play, and I've tried to adjust to uh, Brownie's coaching style. And uh, you know, he's brought a little bit more structure to my game. And, and I think outside of that, I, I can build build my game around that. So yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to working with him over the next few years, and hopefully, I can uh, you know play some good rugby.
1: Saints is Lance Ho Hire there. So let's turn our attention back to Warrington. Now of course they have a week off thanks to their victory over Leeds. Rhino's last weekend. One of those who played a big part as ever was Stefan Ratchford.
4: Real good win for us today. You know, Leeds are a quality side and you know they've showed that the last few weeks with you know the victory they had at Wigan last week and like I say we knew it was going to be a real tough game against a real good side and yeah, thankfully we got off on, on the front foot and, and managed to kick on with that. What was going for your mind during that first half when they hit the front? Uh, not much. You know, we we knew we was you know, we were doing what we wanted to do. Apart from you know, a couple of penalties and you know, a couple of lost balls that give them you know field position. So we knew just to stick with our plan. And you know, if we kept rolling out, you know, we we knew that we would be right in the end. What was mood like at half-time? Yeah, really really positive. Like say, you know, we we started well, and then you know, we conceded a couple of tries, but we just you know stayed positive and you know just said we'd stick to our plan, and that's what we did, and you know, it come good in the end. How do you feel your time on the pitch went? Yeah, I was happy first half, and you know, just rolled my ankle a little bit, so I don't think I was, I was as good second half. But you know, to to get 80 minutes in in a win like that, you know, you, you can't complain too much. Boys are off and running with a win. You've earned the week off, but not exactly a week off because know that you'll be training. Yeah, absolutely, full week in training now, and you know, massive preparation for the next game, whether it may be.
1: Stefan speaking to Adrian Jackson there. And of course, Warrington will make the club call this Sunday when all the preliminary knockout semifinals or quarterfinals would be the more easier way to put it, have been played out. So that really is the end of the In Touch show and the In Touch podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again next week on Thursday on City Talk 105.9 from six o'clock.
0: This is In Touch, City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.